What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another Friday Night Wind Daily special with myself, Gleck, and my man Shrek. You know, that kind of rhymes, Joel. We got Gleck and Shrek in the house tonight, and we were good in week zero. Got a lot of great comments from the fans out there, and we're going to be even better. I know, Joel, you had a good night last night. We're looking good tonight, but let's make it a better Saturday. How are you feeling? I'm feeling good. I'll be honest with you. I'm excited for the for you know the first full week. Right? We had week zero, but this is the first full week. I'm a little overwhelmed. There's 14 yes. games on the main slate, and like you can't just ignore a game. You have to know what's going on in each game. So um, I'm excited to see. It. I'm excited for football to start, but we got our work cut out for us for tomorrow with 14 games. We do. Let's do a little bit of action first with our intro, and then we'll get right into this slate. Week one, college football, September 2nd. Going to be great. And we're back, Joel. I'm going to let you run us like you usually do. But tonight we're going to do something different, right? We like to go game by game, but with a 14-game slate and so much out there, we want to keep this clear and concise for you guys. So we're going to go position by position tonight, right? I think we have to. I think in a 14-game slate, my strategy is narrow this down as much as I can. Right, now. I'm going to have like maybe four to six core games where I'll pull players from. I'm going to have my stacks in. And then you can pull a single player here or there, a running back or receiver, a stud from those other games. But you really – you got to kind of pick a few games, the highest scoring games, the best scoring environments, stack your stacks there, and then, you know, find your, your one-off guys that you might uh, put in to, to make your lineups work. So that's going to be the strategy. And what we're going to try and do is find you the best values on the board at each position. So we'll go quarterback, running back, receiver, because that's all there really is in college. So obviously – Players do play tight end, but in DraftKings, they're just a receiver. So we're going to go through it that way, the three positions, and we're going to highlight our favorite plays, our favorite values, and get us set up for an exciting week one. We'll start a quarterback. Start a quarterback this week. Now, in college football, if you're new to this, which most of you, if you're watching this show, you're probably not. But as a reminder, college football, you can play two. There is a super flex. So you can play your main quarterback. You can play a second quarterback. It's going to be really hard to build lineups with two really expensive quarterbacks mm -hmm. because you just run out of money. So typically you play one high-end guy, you find a value quarterback second, especially with 14 games, you're probably going to want to use two quarterbacks. It's unlikely that you wouldn't use the Superflex as a quarterback. Um, so let's get into it. We'll start with you, Dave. Who are you looking at? Who are you most attracted to at the quarterback position this week? Well, Joel, like we said, 14 games, but even more importantly, a lot of games against sub-Division one teams out there. So you really got to, you know, be – Kind of smart with where you go. Some of these games could get out of hand. You could see a quarterback play two quarters, still rack up some good points, where you could see some other competitive games, maybe be the ones you want to uh, stay in. I will tell you my favorite position of the week is running back. I think there's good value at running back. So for me at quarterback, um, there's tons of good players. And I really think we're going to land with a lot of guys right in those high 20s, low 30s. And you're going to be able to, to pluck two. We're going to have high scores. And with that said, we've talked about them in the past. He's just kind of a, a thorn in our side. Bo Nix, at 10-1, I'm going to tell you I'm probably away. Um, I know, you know, it's Portland State. I know that he can average over 30 points a game. But I think we can get those 30 somewhere else. 
So I'm going to pass on Bo and tell you my favorite one up top is actually Dylan Gabriel at Oklahoma. I think it's going to be an electric offense, better than last year, right? They they had some they had some speed bumps they had to get through, but um, I think up at the top at 9400, Dylan Gabriel would be my preferred choice. I like it. I, I like the call. We know the explosiveness you can get from Dylan Gabriel. Correct me if I'm wrong. Dylan Gabriel used to play for Central Florida, right? Yes, correct. UCF. Yep. And he was very explosive there. So you put him on an Oklahoma offense, you know the guy can score points. Um, I think that's a good call. I think the one thing to keep in mind, it's different. Like if, if they were if if Bonix was playing tonight, that price tag would be, you know, I wouldn't think twice about it. You'll find the value that's what you plan. In a 14-game slate where there's going to be scores, like there's you're gonna find one of these games where guys go off. Paying the 10K price tag is a tougher pill to swallow. That's right. Because yeah. that, that's the biggest factor that I think people miss. The 14-game slate matters because there's going to be other scores out there just to go sure volume. Whereas if he was playing tonight with only five games, he'd almost be a must-play. Correct. So, uh, because of the 14 games, listen, Bo Nix against Portland State has the ceiling that's unprecedented. Right? He could he could score six touchdowns in the first half because he could run them all in and what have you, but it's unlikely he plays four quarters because they're going to blow them out. And and to pay 10K for a guy who's only going to pay a portion of the game, um, I agree with you. I think you can find some better value here. My favorite – I got two favorite plays at the quarterback position. My favorite one is Chandler Morris at TCU. Yeah. This, this TCU team is a good, explosive offensive team. We saw that last year. I mean, obviously they lost Clayton Johnson to the NFL. Um, but we saw Chandler Morris – we placed Duggan two years ago when he was hurt, and he was awesome. He mm-hmm. can run, he can throw. To get a dual threat quarterback at, at under 7K on this slate, it's just a great value. Against so, Colorado, too. Against Colorado. And now all the eyes are going to be on that game. But oh, you turned over the roster. They were already bad already, but there's no continuity there. So I love that play. And I do think Colorado will be better, but probably more offensive than defensive. So it's probably a spot where they should be able to score plenty of points in this game. So – um, love, love Morris at the price. And the other play is Michael Penix Jr. Yep. We saw him kind of have a breakout year last year. He's returning a lot of that offense back. I think they're going to be very explosive. People like this team as a sneaky team to have a really good year. Again, another 8.4K. He's pretty affordable. And I think as high as the ceiling as anybody this week. And so I'm going to pair my second with the game you just talked about. I think Taylor Green on the other side of the field, Boise State quarterback. Um, is a really, really good player. He, he's a physical player. He runs the ball. Um, so I I really like his – he went 12 for 119 in the bowl game running uh, last year to end the year. Uh, you know, Washington, Boise, you know, could put up a lot of points. They're, they're close rivals. I like Penix on the other side. He's bringing back his two top receivers, right, um, in Rome Odunze and uh, Jalen McMillan. Both went over 1,000 yards. So I like him, but I think you compare him with Taylor Green. 6,800. I totally agree. Taylor Green, you know, one of the things I look for for trying to sneak value play in college especially is a runner because these guys can break off big runs. You score a rushing touchdown, you are you just have such a higher floor and ceiling by being dual threat. And I think that sometimes gets overlooked in DFS. These dual threat quarterbacks are so much more valuable than just the traditional passer. So uh, getting Green, who's a dual threat runner in a – which should be a good game environment under 7K, very good value. Yeah, and Yvonne, you have a good point. I do think people will shy away from Boise, and that's why I bring up the continuity 
with the receivers that Penix has. Having those two back in there, um, they're one of the highest bring back starter rates. I know Florida State's right up there in the 90 percentile, but Washington is up there as well. And I think that does help give me a little more comfort. And plus, Boise played, I want to say, one top 80 pass team last year, and it was Oregon State, and they left like 300 yards. So, um, and Utah State lit them up in the past game once too. The other ones, Boise didn't play much. So, I don't get scared about last year's past D rankings of Boise. I could be wrong, but I don't think they were as strong as the numbers say. And if you're not, as long as you're not talking about Georgia or Alabama, I do think this Washington offense is almost matchup proof. I mean, this is they're explosive. I mean, obviously, Georgia, Alabama, that's another class. I wouldn't play them against them, but Boise, yeah, while yes, they historically have had decent defenses, this is a Washington offense that I think is, you know, top 10, 20 in the country. They should be fine. Yeah. Let me ask you two others before we get to the next position. Um, and for me, you know, one's a fade, one's a, you know, I, I would play. Sam Hartman at 9,700. I just, what I saw against Navy is that this team's going to commit a little more to the run and play action and he's going to get his throws, but he's not like, like he, he had a really good game and was like 23 points um, last week. So I, I tend to think 9,700 is a little high for him. I'm, I'm curious what you think. I would agree. The, the price is high for Harmon. Sam Hartman's a very good player. Yeah. One of, the, one of the best players in the country. There's nothing not to like about Sam Hartman. The issue you're going to get here is, and, and, and this is more with college football, the difference between college football and NFL is you really have to take game environment into consideration. The likelihood that Sam Hartman's throwing the ball in the second half of this game is so slim. They're going to be mm-hmm. up so big. Like, he's at one half to put up enough points to pay off 9.7. That's the issue. They're going to kill them, and they're going to run the ball in the second half. So because of that, I will be playing Hartman this year in better matchup, but this is the week where I can't imagine him playing more than three quarters at most. Agreed. So I'll go to the other game because I like this game environment. And it's Joe Milton III with Tennessee taking over for, obviously, um, Hendon Hooker. And he's got Virginia in the house. So, you know, tightly contested um, battle there. Um, Obviously, Tennessee's favorite. But I kind of like Milton in this at 8,700. I think it's a good spot. Milton's a very talented quarterback, right? And uh, we're finally going to be able to see him get fully showcased here as the as the guy. As last year, he was playing behind um, Hooker, and, and you know he got a few games when Hooker got hurt. But Milton's a good player, and this is a guy yep. who also transferred from UCF a few years ago and had showed some some big games there too. So um, I think there's plenty of upside with Milton. And again, to your point, you know the price tag is eight point seven. Like, much preferred to these ten k nine point seven guys where you can do more with your lineup. So. Uh, Milton's definitely going to be in my player pool. Before we move off quarterback, there's one more guy I'm going to mention. If I don't like, and there's a lot of question marks around him. Prime Junior. Okay, that's what I was going to say. Sanders, right? And I think he's going to get all the opportunity to rip it around, right? They're going to be crazy. Like it's it's wild there. Yes, Prime Junior, I love. If you knew how he played at Jackson State, I mean, the whole offense is him. He yep. runs the ball, he throws the ball, and he's he's talented. He can run, he can throw. He's got a good arm. The best case scenario is that they can't stop them and it's just a shootout and they have to, even if they're playing from behind and he has every ability to throw and run and come back. Um, I have a hard time imagining him because of his style of play that he doesn't at least hit his value because, you know, of all the things that they're going to ask him to do on this team. So I think prime junior at seven K is for sure in play. 
Yeah, so I have Prime Junior with Chandler Morris and Talon Green between 6,800 and 7K. You could really third. That's where we're getting at. You're going to get 30 out of one of those guys. Yeah. Where Bo Nix is going to get you 30. Yeah. 3K more. So, yeah, yeah, we got one question from Vaughn. And I, I did, I'm going to tell you, I did ponder this one a little bit. Um, so, Mordecai, I think he's coming over, what was it, SMU? Um, one of those high-passing schools. So, Wisconsin school that's not really in that. And they still got Braylon Allen. Um, you know, it's intriguing to me. Don't get me wrong against a Buffalo team that, you know, does let up a lot of passing yards, but like Hartman, I think he's just going to ease his way versus an inferior opponent and 8,900 is too much. If you would have given me a him mid sevens on this Wisconsin team, I would have jumped. I think 89 is a little much for a guy where we just named some other Jackson Dart. I'd rather have Jackson Dart send me 200. So what about you? You know what? I don't really understand why he would have transferred to Wisconsin. That doesn't make sense to me because Wisconsin is a running team and they have one of my favorite running backs on the slate who's only priced at 6.7. And I would way prefer Braylon Allen at running back on this Wisconsin yes. team because you know Wisconsin's going to run the ball. And and the fact that Braylon Allen is $2,000 cheaper than Morgan doesn't make sense to me. We know it's hard to imagine a scenario where Wisconsin throws the ball more than 30 times, right? It's just not how they play. So I don't really understand why he transferred there because he's just going to be playing more of a handoff, slow it down offense. His, his numbers aren't going to look as good. And I much prefer the running game. Yeah. And, and, and pro style. Maybe that's the only reason they're going to try and play a more pro style offense to showcase him for, but um, because then, you know, people always have concerns with those other gimmick offenses, but yeah, it's not a bad play. It's the salary that scares me. And obviously the way Wisconsin plays, he's good quarterback, good matchup. But I think if that's a five-game slate, going back to what Joel said, he's in play for me, but he's not here. So let's jump over to running back. Listen, I said it earlier, and uh, I'll say it again. I think running back's the core position here coming into this week. And I'm almost snapping a chalk line at 7K and going under. I mean, I know I like the guys above like Travion, but I start with Blake Corum. I I just think he's going to come back. He's going to be a Heisman candidate. And he's getting a great, you know, matchup against ECU. So I start with Blake Corum as one of my top favorite running backs on this slate. He's got to like come back from that injury at the end of last season. I know he's got Edwards behind him, but when Corum's cooking, he can catch, he can run, um, and he scores touchdowns. Edwards is more that you know long, long guy. He's outside the twenties. Corum's the guy inside the twenties. Yeah, I really didn't know. I don't really understand the pricing here. I mean, I did. Was in the Heisman conversation at points last year. Yes. And now you're getting him at under 7K. I, that confuses me. It's not like this is Georgia. I mean, it's a certainly attainable matchup. Um, unless I'm missing something, unless they are expecting this, either one, he's still hurt, or two, they're expecting this to really be a now become a full timeshare and he won't be and he'll get, be getting less carries. Both are speculating. And from what we saw when he was healthy, it was really, you know, he was getting 75% of the carries and never 25. It was really his yeah. shot. And if that's the case this week at this price, he's a smash play. Yeah, absolutely. And then the one down there, and then I'll let you give your two. I mean, we we loved him last year, and I'm going back to him again. It was that old Miss running game. Now with Zach Evans moving on to the NFL, Quinton Judkins, or Quinchin Judkins, is just the man. And we loved him last year as a freshman, but, you know, getting a beautiful matchup against Mercer, another one under 7K. Um, I'm all in on Judkins, averaging almost 24 DK points a game last year in a – part-time or a shared backfield. Now it is, yeah, he'll give some carries off somewhere else, but he's definitely the man. I love this one. Under 7K 
And I, you know me, I love Quentin Jenkins. Like, yeah, Jenkins, I know we did. Yeah, yeah. 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 The, the thing with Jenkins is, and you'll see. I mean, I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna stand by this. This is a super talent, and this guy is no joke. This isn't a yeah. situation type guy. This is a guy who's gonna be a first round pick in the NFL type running back. Um, and running backs don't often go very high, and that's how talented he is. So he just can't go to the NFL because he's so young. He's only a true sophomore. But you're gonna see. This is a super talented guy and a much better team than he's playing. There's no ceiling for him this week. He can go. He can completely shatter the, the slate. Yeah, I, I I love him this week. I got some really good value ones, but let me go with you some of the other ones you like before I get into my value plays. Yeah, so I mentioned already, but I'll just remind again, Braylon Allen. Yeah. Um, we know Wisconsin wants to run the ball, and we know Braylon Allen can go off. And this is where, like, if you want to find your value this week, there is a ton of value at the running back position. I agree. We already named a bunch of guys who are under 7K that have unlimited ceilings. And so because there's so much value at running back, I'm not going to spend up because I just think some of these cheaper guys have the ability to, to have those ceiling games. And there's, you know, four or five, six of them that I'm happy to, to play. You know, on, I'm just going to list a few off. Braylon Allen, Bucky Irving, Blake Corum, Ray Davis on Kentucky. Yes. Yep. Um, Jonathan Brooks, even at Texas. I mean, Texas looks to be a pretty explosive team. Travion Henderson on, on Ohio State, who's a little bit more expensive, but still under AK. Um, Estime on Notre Dame. And the last one I'll mention, who's 5.7 under 6K. I was running back. Caleb yes. Johnson. He's in my value range. Really like him. Uh, Caleb Johnson, over five and a half yards of carry last year in a shared backfield. But getting Utah State with 171st ranked rush defense. And then mine down low. And we're going to go back to Prime's. School, Caleb Vosley Smoke, um, you know, former Kentucky running back at 4,300. Um, where there's smoke, there's fire, and I just feel like he's gonna have you know the opportunity. He's got D1 talent, obviously, he's on D1 school, but really, um, SEC talent bringing it over to Colorado. I think at 4,300, I mean, it, it's a it's a little bit of a prayer because we don't know what Colorado is going to do yet, but he could be one of those you know, smash the slate kind of plays. Too cheap, right? At 4.3, yeah. the upside is certainly there, especially if you're looking for a value play to plug in. He certainly makes sense there. Yeah, I love him. And then, like you said, I, I do like the Caleb Johnson playing the Ray Davis. And, I mean, there's there's several still out there. Bucky Irving, like you said, should be really in play. But, again, what happens in that in that game? When I looked at Bo Nix, he scored, like, I want to say mid-20s against their worst opponent last year. Bucky scored 13. Um, so it's like, how much are they going to show? So I like him. I'm just nervous about that game. So that, but um, can he can he go for thirty and sit down the last two quarters? Absolutely, absolutely. Anyone you else you'd like from running backs? You know, there are a few more guys that you can play, and we consider all day. Mention every guy. I'll probably cap it there. But we're to throw one more guy. Maybe Jabari Small at Tennessee. He's been around a while. He's been productive. He's relatively affordable here. At only 5.8 under 6K, he certainly can score two touchdowns um, and be that guy as well. Yep, love it, love it, love it. All right, let's go over to the pass catchers where we tend to hit our best values normally. And it's hard to look away from the Ohio State passing game. I mean, Marvin Harrison Jr. is going to be amazing this year. I mean, if you just think back two years ago when they had Smith and Jigba, Lave, and Garrett Wilson running around, it feels like a similar wide receiving uh, depth chart again in Ohio State with the Buka following him at 7,400. Um, I'm willing to play either one. I'm probably leaning more towards a Buka with the discount, uh, but I think Ohio State receivers are in play this week. Listen, 
I'm I'm going with Marvin Harrison Jr. Yeah. And I want to add some context here. This is another very special talent. This isn't just another one of these Ohio State receivers. People are talking about him potentially being the very first pick in the NFL draft. That's yeah. how kind of a player he is. He's also in the Heisman conversation at wide receiver, which is rare. That's how you know he's special. This guy can, is going to break records, and that's how talented he is. We saw flashes last year, but last year he was dealing with multiple NFL receivers with him. They didn't just feed him the ball. This year, I do think he's going to be showcased more. The only issue I see with Marvin Harrison Jr. is teams might triple team him and just say, beat us with somebody else because he's so good. Um, but it's hard when they have all that other talent. Oh, we might have lost Joel for a second. Um, but, yeah, I, I am absolutely in on Marvin Harrison this year. He's going to be, you know, he's going to be in New York in December going for the Heisman Trophy. Uh, he's that special. And uh, I'm, I'm all in with, with where you're at, too, on Marvin Harrison. And my only point I was saying was I don't even know if you can double-team him with all the other talent they have. And so it's going to be – he's going to get his numbers. Yeah, he's a special kid. And then don't let the 9.1 price tag scare you. It's high. It certainly is, but he certainly has the ceiling. The question is going to start being with him throughout the year. Is the game going to be close enough for him to play enough? That's the, your issue, right? Because if they're winning, you know, 34 nothing at halftime, they're not going to be throwing the ball that much in the second half. So you start finding the games where teams can keep the game close because if he's playing four quarters and they're throwing, he's probably going to be the best player in this league. Yeah, I agree. So I'll tell you my favorite spot might be yours too. Um, another talent I think is really hard to stop. And now with another year in the system and maybe another year under the same quarterback, Xavier Worthy, um, I just think is a great spot. 6,100. Uh, he, he's hard to guard. And, you know, they just have a really good matchup again this week. But Texas is a team that needs to get off on the right foot. Rice is 181st versus the pass according to DraftKings. Um, I think he's going to be one of those top four or five. He'll be in the bullet in the cough talks. I like Worthy a lot. 6,100. I almost feel like it's close to a free square. I, I like it. He, he, with him now looking likely to be for sure their top guy, um, getting that target, the, that volume, he certainly has the upside to be a, a slate-breaking type player, especially this week. Um, and with him, I'm going to add a guy who's got a lot of upside, and I think he's just very underpriced this week. It almost looks like a mistake to me. Uh, I will certainly be overweight on Brew McCoy, Tennessee yeah. now top receiver, who is being priced under 5K, which to me doesn't make any sense. We've seen him have some big games already in his career with um, Hyatt now in the NFL and uh, Tillman also in the NFL. He's the number one guy. And what we know, what we've seen is a fast paced, explosive offense, ton of upside there at under 5K. Brew McCoy is going to be one of my favorite, if not my favorite value play wide receiver. I, I agree. And I'll probably even play, and, and I might pair him, but I love Squirrel White as well um, from Tennessee. 5,500 is, again, I think a really good price for a team we know under Josh Heupel wants to throw the ball. Um, so, yeah, McCoy, White, um, I think are both really good targets. Um, so I, I'm, I'm going to look at both of them. And I'm going to look, you know, Vaughn mentioned it earlier, um, we – I'm probably not in love with Mordecai, you know, getting his three, four X value. But I think one of his receivers in Shamari DK, right in that 5,400 range again versus a bad Buffalo pass defense, 
could really be someone who excels this year. Last year, he had 700 yards and seven touchdowns, and they never threw the ball. Um, I really expect him to go over 1,000. And at 5,400, I think he's another good price. Yeah, I mean, listen, I've already kind of said I like the running game in Wisconsin, but I will, in defense of the passing game, they do have a new offensive coordinator, and they have an offensive, the new offensive coordinator was the guy who um, was in North Carolina, which we know they have explosive yep. offenses. Drake um, May yep. and Sam Howell. So um, if they run an offense like that, I, yeah, things could change. It's just, when was the last time you saw a Wisconsin passing? It's just hard to imagine, but we'll see. It is. I mean, it is. But they had some breakouts. I'm trying to remember the guy's name. Um, and he ended up playing, I want to say Detroit for a hot minute, but um, with the lines. But it's been a while. We'll just put it that way. It's been a while. We'll so. see. And, and, and in defense of, of them doing well, right, like at the end of the year in Wisconsin, when the weather gets cold, it's like you kind of can't go to the air. It's, it gets to the point where the weather conditions restrict you. Yep. Now is the time of year where, you know, the weather will be good. There, there won't be any uh, – nothing holding them back from being able to air it out. No, I agree. And then if we're going to, you know, stick to another passing game that we liked, we're obviously going to – so we liked a few quarterbacks. One we both definitely liked was Penix. Um, I think you could go either way with a Dunze or, or McWilliams. Um, I'm, I'm probably – or McMillan, I'm sorry. I'm probably – I could go either way. They're fairly priced, both of them. They both had good seasons last year. McMillan had nine TDs and Dunze eight. I, I'll lean a Dunze is my favorite of the two, but I think you do want to get a little bit in that passing game. Yeah, I for sure – you have some shares there. Somebody's yeah. going to have a big game – the issue is there's a few of them that could. It's not necessarily all kind of funneled to one guy. But, yes, I will have some exposure to that receiving core um, in my lives. Awesome, awesome, awesome. All right, you got any, like, sleepers way down here below the 5K range? I mean, I think, you know, when we're hitting in the 5,400s with all this value, I feel like I'd rather want to operate there than take these one-offs in the 4K range that, you know, could hit, could not hit. I think I'm going to get a lot of value at receivers in the 5,000. But – Curious if you like anyone below there. Yeah, I mean, there's a few guys that we can look at. You know, TCU's running back is also in play, Trey Sanders. Um, it, it's only 3.9K. Again, I just think that they have an opportunity to score a lot of points in that game. Um, the, the, I'm not sure if you mentioned him, the Texas tight end, Jatavion Sanders. I guy we started playing last year. He was young, but he's a big target. He's a touchdown scorer. So if you right. want to get a guy at 3.7 who can likely get you a touchdown and at pretty low ownership, um, I think he makes a lot of sense as well. Yeah, and Yvonne just dropped one on us, which I do like. Um, we're sitting here at Drill Anthony at 4,800. So, you know, he, he crossed my list of, of guys I was looking at. Um, I, I think that's, you know, that's kind of, you know, in a good spot here. Oklahoma has one of those passing games that you're not sure if it's um, – what's the kid? Is it um, up there? Farouk, I know, and then they got another one like um, – who always let me down last year. I'm, you know, I'm trying to remember the name. It'll come to me. But um, I don't mind that. I don't mind that at all. Yeah, I mean, that like to your point earlier in the show, this can be a very explosive offense. So somebody's going to have to get there and get those points. Um, you know, I mean, I think – are you sure Farouk wasn't the guy that was like – No, well, he, he let me down too, but it was Stoops. I, I didn't, you know, Drake Stoops let me down a lot. I mean, he was mainly a this is now on the Broncos, who you know, he's a great player, but they and they just we would never get as many passes as you would think. Um, but yeah, I, I think one of these guys has that opportunity. 
to, to have a big day and kind of picking which one. I think it makes sense. Like Anthony with the at four, under 5K as a value probably makes more sense than, of course, Fruit could be the guy, but I'd rather roll the dice with the guy who's way cheaper. Yeah. Then I'm throwing out Malachi Fields there, 4,800 as well. Tennessee, we know, was horrendous against the pass last year. I got at least touch a Virginia receiver. Um, you know, Tennessee in the bottom, bottom, bottom of Division One, and also all college football against the pass. So, and if we think we're going to have a little bit of a scoreboard fiesta here, Virginia's going to have to keep up somehow. So I'll look at some of the Virginia courts, and I'll look at Fields. So. That's about, you know, where my value ends, not, not ends this week. We're going to dig even a little more as we like to do and see what the depth charts are. But I think that's good for DFS tonight. You want to jump over to bets? Yeah, let's look at some wagers that you like for week one. Um, anything that stands out to you? Well, favorite game of the weekend and wearing almost the colors tonight, um, it's Florida State. And, and I like Florida State getting the two and a half against LSU. And, you know, you will hear the, you know, the theory that last year they blocked an extra point, LSU would have won that game late. They got um, a little more talent, you know, obviously second year. But I think Florida State is a really sneaky good team this year. Um, they're bringing back, like I said, in the 90th percentile of starters, uh, especially on offense as well, full offensive line. Jordan Travis has been there about 18 years. And I just think they're a team that that is – Ready to surprise this year. I know I say surprise lately because of the eighth team in the nation, but I think they win this game again against LSU. Give me the two and a half points in the game of the weekend. Wow. And, you know, you're not wrong. A lot of people like Florida State this year. Um, they have some gigantic wide receivers, like yeah. big, which is like for college is could be a big benefit. And they have a, a Heisman conversation quarterback. So um, a well-balanced roster – I think you're right. I mean, put else on upset alert. I think you could see some good things from Florida State this, this week and this year. Yeah, and now one other one I like before we jump in yours. I'll tell you, this team just always seems to surprise people. Now they're traveling east. They don't mind. They'll play giant anytime they want, anywhere they want. Fresno State, I, this line smells to me. Uh, it's three and a half at Purdue. Um, you know, obviously they lost Jay Kaner going to pro. He's with New Orleans now, but they just find ways to, you know, get some prototypical quarterbacks in. And once again, they did. And I think they can be in this game. I think they're a dangerous dog here. Plus three and a half. I'll take the Bulldogs against Purdue. There you have it. I love it. Um, you know, from my end, it's so early in the year. I'm not really going to make too many heavy bets. I'm definitely going to be playing more on the DFS side yep. than I'm wagering. Um, Especially with a lot of these lines, we're look, I mean, for a lot of these big time games, are we're talking 30, 40 point spreads, which to me can be very challenging to handicap. But I want I will mention, I do kind of like Alabama. I know it's 40 points, but we've seen these Alabama teams, and the difference is defense. Teams just don't score, especially when they're outclassed. And Alabama can run the ball the whole game to get to the 40 points. So um, that's the one I like the most. And it's more because of the defensive side. I just don't think they're going to be able to score on them. And it's not that Alabama will score as much as they need to because they're just outclassing. Well, and I love that point because last year Alabama's defense was one of the worst in their recent history, right? So Ch Saban's been chewing them out for 364 days here. And uh, yes. I think, you know, you got a good point. They're going to come much inspired this year, and they're going to come playing hard. So I like that. Um, good pick. I'll roll one last one out. Keep an eye on South Alabama team that really gave people a lot of trouble last year was a bold team goes to Tulane under a touchdown uh, dog six and a half. I think they can win that one 
outright. Tulane had a little turnover. They were surprise darlings, the green wave of cash, as we like to call them. But Tajay Spears now going to the NFL. Um, I think South Alabama is a real live dog in that game. So throw that one out there for my dog of the week. How's that? I love it. I love it. I'll give one more before we wrap up tonight. Um, I like North Carolina. I think that spread looks too small. Maybe people are projecting a a jump from South Carolina this year, but um, I think they're a little overrated. North Carolina has one of the best quarterbacks in the country. That offense is going to move. I think the two and a half points, they should easily be able to cover. So we'll go North Carolina as well. I love it. South Carolina, team that like – Caught on at the end of the year, people hire on Rattler again, but I just don't believe in him. I believe more, like you said, in the Drake. I'm a fan of the Drake. So <laughs> let's let's roll with the Drake. I uh, love it, Joel. Well, that wraps up a heavy half hour of so much stuff here, CFB-wise, on the Wind Daily Sports Network. We are, well, I am Dave. That is Joel. Uh, hit us up on Twitter. Hit us up in the Discord. We'll definitely be uh, commenting. And show us your screens. Joel took down the big one last year. We're looking for someone. If it's not us, I hope it's you to take it down as well. But until next week, we'll have some week two, and maybe I'll have a better backdrop. Uh, we'll, uh, We'll see you then. This is Dave. That's Joel. We're out.